put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Hey guys, greetings, welcome. Welcome back. Hope you had a great weekend. Type in the comments how you doing. Blessed, conquering all the things of the enemy in your life. Mostly the things of our own foreskins and membranes, amen, with no hypocrisy, no blame game, no blaming others, but dealing with our own hearts, the self-sacrificial system of the new covenant. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices. That includes all our attitude, feelings, and emotions. Oh, just what I wanted to hear. I've come here to correct my attitude. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I know we need to. So... In my training ascending by the holy angels and the Holy Spirit of the living God, the most important thing I've noticed in all the training, passing the tests, the confirming signs and wonders, every single rung of Jacob's ladder, is that the attitude, the feelings, and the emotions are the exact same as they are in Jesus Christ. <laughs> if there is strife, if there is any kind of bitterness, if there is any kind of grudge or unrighteous judgment, just thoughts that you know are not God, you're still dealing with the foreskin and the membrane of that elevation. Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of God. He has paved the way for us. We do it in our hearts. Jacob's ladder, the stairway to heaven, is in your hearts. Now we need to circumcise our hearts, people. We need to circumcise our hearts from mineral level, animal level, plant level, and human being level in our hearts to ascend to Revelation 12.1. What does it say? Revelation 12.1. I saw a woman, which is a soul in prophetics. Woman means soul in prophecy. A soul standing on the moon. Yasad. This is a rung of Jacob's ladder. This is why people are standing on the luminaries in the Bible. Now, this is not something that was taught in church-age Christianity. So, a lot of people, when they start to hear about the luminaries, when they start to hear about Jacob's ladder or the stairway, all these things, they think that belongs to the enemy. That might be New Age. I tell you the truth, guys. God is the creator of heaven and earth. Listen, Genesis chapter 1 is the framework for all the things afterward. Because on the fourth day, Genesis 1 says, on the fourth day, God created the stars, then the sun, then the moon, then the earth. Okay? So he's, he created the luminaries. He created the heavens and the earth before he created man and woman. So man and woman were created after that, that means it was through the heavens that God created from the dust of the earth, man, and then from man, man's rib, took woman. Listen, that means there's no part of us in the creation story of Genesis that did not come down through the stars. That is Torah. That is not New Age. That is not the enemy. That is not the paranoia stuff of all the unrighteous judgment of those who've been discipled by the false prophet that got all kinds of weird Christian belief systems that do harm to wisdom. It's none of that, guys. Guys, that is the most soundest doctrine called Torah. The understanding of Torah, Revelation 15, the overcomers singing the song of Moses in the Bible, in the New Covenant, Jesus Christ said, I've not come away to come to do away with Torah, but to fulfill it. What is the fulfilling of Torah? Getting God's people on the sun, government of day, on the moon, government of night, and on the stars, which is the path of lightnings, Enoch's path, Enoch's door, ascended. Those who ascend can only preach the gospel. Those that have not ascended have no gospel. Why? The Bible says the word of God has come down from heaven. Right? 
How can we preach and teach a gospel from the lowest realm of the dead, from the valley of the shadow of death, and expect it to be the full gospel? It's insane. It sounds crazy explaining it right now, but that's the standard out there. That's why there's gross misunderstanding, gross persecution towards righteousness and those that teach righteousness. Daniel 12, 3, that shine like the stars, that teach from the luminaries that were instructed to in Scripture to teach from. Every blessing, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. What does it mean to Father lights? He's fathering the realms of glory. He's fathering the rungs of the stairway. He's fathering each and every level. This is one of the best revelations because most of the charismatic church has received Anna Roundtree as a prophet and her awesome writing called Heaven Awaits the Bride. In that book, the angel tells Anna to look at the stair that you're on is to look at Jesus Christ. To look at the rung of Jacob's ladder, your elevation of how high you've ascended or not at all, is to look at Jesus Christ. You tell that to people today, 99% of the body of Christ gets offended and says, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, brother. What? You have a theology like a parrot? What is your experience of the heavenly place? What is the protocol of the angels of the heavenly place? The heavenly places are the homes of holy angels. Do you understand the culture of the holy angels? Are you living enculturated of the kingdom of the Father that's the kingdom of the holy angels? I look around, guys, and that's not prevalent at all. That's not the culture of those who say, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's entirely under the sun vanity. It's simply Jezebel's Christianity, and they won't acknowledge that they're even captive yet. They think they're free, and they think they're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Guys, if you're seated somewhere, if you look around, you can give a description of where you're seated. These people can't describe anything from those realms. They can't tell you anything what the angels are bringing down from the Father today. We hear it every day. It's like Christianity has become a bunch of parrots. I'd like to share a testimony outside of myself, outside of ourselves on this. One of our Zadokim who's rising on sapphire stones noticed, without me having to say or explain anything to her, that she began to traverse the Torah and ascend the sapphire stones, when she was on one of them, she could look up and around and over and see the other sapphire stones nearby. Like, I can see them, and yes, this is totally normal. That's what happens. You get up on the sapphire stones, your vision begins to open. It's very normal to be on a sapphire stone, and you can see the next one, or you can see the one above you, because you're there. That vision isn't something that you have when you're on the earth, unless you have a prophetic gift or a seer gift in your brain or in your head that you received as a gift of the Holy Spirit that came down. And then you see as a technon Christian, a young Christian using gifts of the Spirit. When you become a son of God, you go from technon to huyos that's connecting with the glory of Christ inside your spirit, and that's the power to rise on sapphire stones is realizing the glory, right? When you seek him with all the powers of the inner castle, the interior castle of your soul, the mansions of the soul, that's when you can begin to rise, which is the sacrifice of all the interior mansions to God, which means it's what? Filled with light, filled with glory. If the sacrifice is on the altar, it's going to be set on fire. So your soul set on fire for God instead of being inflamed with the passions and lust of, you know, greed and lust for money, glory, you know, riches, fame, honor, all the things of God. But apart from him, even in the guise of Christianity, the only possible solution to these things is the sacrifice of your interior mansions. And so as you discover those interior castles, they must be sacrificed on the altar of the glory of the Holy Spirit for His glory, your life to be for His glory alone. And as your rooms are filled with His light, how are the rooms in the temple filled with light? If your body is a temple, they had the menorah lamps. 
inside the temple. What made them glow? They were filled with oil. What does the book of Exodus say? Oil for light. A lot of people get Christian and they get, you know, super Christian. And then they realize, I need the anointing. I got to walk in the anointing. You may know that you need the anointing. But what is the oil for? If all you have is anointing oil, but it has not yet been ignited, then there is an absence of light. If I pour oil, if I get an old-fashioned menorah lamp in here right now, and you and I don't have oil, nothing's happening. Well, guess what? We might order some oil, and guess what? We can pour the oil in the lamp. Look, I got oil. I got oil. I, you know, but now what? There has to be an ignition. The flame must be ignited. I've seen uh, those um, explanations of the some of the old-style menorahs where the middle of the lamp is the only one you need to pour the oil into. You know, we use candles. A lot of people use candles in menorahs now. It was originally an oil lamp. And some of the designs is when you pour into one section or a certain section of it, it automatically fills the others. Some of them are designed like that, and I find that interesting. Or you see where they might pour in from the left and the right, or pour wow, in from the middle. I see Jesus as the anointed one with that. And right in that middle pillar, the oil flows. <laughs> and every connection every part that's connected to the middle pillar is automatically filled with oil jesus is all the instruments of well noah's ark but also the ark of the covenant of mm -hmm. moses and the tabernacle of the wilderness the lord jesus symbolizes every single part how fun is it to look into the oil of jesus christ the anointed one mm-hmm the oil of glory. It's the oil of glory coming down, poured upon the ketter, the crown of the anointed one. If you remember from our master class, the middle pillar of the menorah lamp, where that golden glory oil is poured, represents the Lamb of God, represents ketter, the middle top of the menorah lamp. And what is it at the bottom of the middle pillar? Exactly where you start your journey. And what is it represented in? The fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want to walk in the anointing of the anointed one you must begin in the fear and the awe of god in the awe, awe of yahweh jesus christ the angel of the lord of the old testament is jesus that's jesus melchizedek is jesus priest of the most priesthood of the most high god who is god who came in the flesh that's right he received abraham's tithe he is the oil of glory. Jesus Christ is the oil of glory. It's his spirit. The anointing upon his head. So how do you align to receive? As we say, we have a saying in the women's group, I align to receive. It means that even if you're at the lowest rung of Malkut Messiah, you step into that anointing through the awe and the fear and the love of God. You grow up into the love of God, but oftentimes it must begin with the fear of God, keeping those things holy. His name is holy. Now, what is his name? Holy kept holy be your name. It's not like an external Judaism where we just say it differently, or we don't say his name out loud, we don't spell it. How is his name kept holy? He well, said, I've given his you. Name. He said, I've given you my name. So how you react to his name and how you act as you are bearing his name as a Christian, a Christ one, brings glory and honor to his name. Walking in the fear and the awe of God. That, for our, my Torah scholars, that is when you go from the bent nun, the Hebrew letter, to the upright nun, which is final nun, which are the letters of righteousness, right? The upright letters. You go from bent over to upright. It starts in the fear and the awe of God. Then you learn the love of God as one who is righteous, knowing him as both 
Elohim and Yadhevave, knowing him as both lion and lamb, and noting that the two are one, that he is one. The Lord your God is one God. And what did Jesus say? So what? You believe that the Lord is that God is one God? Even so do the demons. And he may he spoke that through his apostles in the New Testament. To who? Those who thought they had the oral tradition of Moses. And they had the church buildings, they had the synagogue, they had the gold, they had the fame, they had the glory. And they were still captive by Rome, right? They still they were serving Samael. They were still connected to that church system that is an offshoot. It started in its origins in Rome, which is set upon that uh, mud mound of Egypt that we talked about that originated in the spiritual realm when uh, Solomon married the Pharaoh's daughter. Right? And that is not Sheba. That is another a Pharaoh's daughter, and that was an alliance through a marriage from a daughter of Molech. Mm, wow. And so that was established. That was not just a historical fact. It was a spiritual structure that was built using, using stolen wisdom from Solomon, who received it rightfully from God. He received it. But because of idolatry and immorality, uh, there was a building in the enemy camp, and what we're here to do is to destroy that building in the invisible realm of the tabernacle of Molech, and all of that marriage to Egypt, that Nile dirt mound upon which Rome and the Vatican has been built, which offshoot with the offshoot of Catholicism and Protestantism that led into uh, uh, what is it called? Pentecostalism, Pentecostalism. Yep. and then the glory stream, and then eventually the drunken glory stream. Yep. Why is it God's kind of moving through different movements? It's a little bit until higher mound, but it still comes out of that mound of Rome. It still has its origins there. So we got to snip before you get clipped. Amen. Snip before you clip. It's time to get circumcised. We're leaving the earth. Amen. It's no longer <laughs> earthly Christianity because all earthly Christianity of that stone age of the church age has its ties and its roots to Samael, to Molech, to Lilith, to Jezebel. Principalities. And it goes so far back throughout Jewish history. The best thing you can do for the Jewish race mm -hmm. is to rise in cosmic righteousness because there are many things going on in the earth and in the heavens in these days. And the number one thing that you can do is to sacrifice your soul fallen nature of the fallen angels to be completely separate from the enemy camp. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Romans 11 is the scripture for that. It says that the cultivated olive tree of Israel, there's been a pruning of the branches. And you, wild branches, Gentiles, are being engrafted in. That's a cosmic tree. What house is that? That's the house of Moses, guys. Moses is the house. Hebrews chapter 3, it is written. So I have not come to do away with Moses. That's doing away with creation. Do you understand that? The whole creation story in Christianity is the Torah of Moses. Genesis 1, 2, and 3. So God, clearly there's no doing away of that in the new covenant of Christianity. Only fulfilling that. That's why Peter says we make new heavens. We make new heavens where righteousness dwells and new heavens where righteousness dwells, which is sapphire stone gospel teaching that fulfills Torah and the prophets brings forth new earth. It makes new earth. The new earth is the product of the new heavens. Why? Because the earth is the lowest settling point of the Sephirot. Malkut is the lowest sphere, but it's important because that's where the human beings, the human bodies are. It's the most important one for many reasons. You need all of them because it's part of God's creation. It comes down from God. But because creation is centered around God's own sons and daughters, the fallen race of Adam and Eve that are redeemable, and the offspring of Abraham that God has lent a helping hand to redeem, Hebrews says, but he did not lend a helping hand to the angels that fell. 
Hebrews says, but he lent a helping hand to Abraham's offspring. What is Abraham's offspring? Israel, the patriarchs. And each 12 of the 12 of Israel's sons are called Zadik, or the pearls of the gates of the heavenly Jerusalem in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, book 66 of the Bible. How important is the fulfillment of the promises to Israel in 2023? I think what has happened, a lot of what has happened here is we're distracted in an earthly Christianity that is not about Israel. It's not about cosmic Israel. It's not about understanding the real promises to Abraham that your children would be like the stars of the heavens forever. Okay, So there are children of stars and their bodies, their temples, of the sands below and both holy to the Lord, holy nefesh perfect nefesh. Jesus Christ took his perfect nefesh, which is the Hebrew word for his body, his lowest base part of his bones and his organs. He took it all, his blood. He ascended the path of lightnings to the right hand of God and is seated in Zion in all the Father's glory. And he has a transfigured celestial flesh that's written in Philippians, that you, like Jesus Christ, shall receive transfigured celestial bodies. That's the hope of the resurrection. That's the hope of all the apostles of the new covenant. But guys, in the wilderness, the snakes, which are all the lying-seducing spirits of the clippeth, all the fallen angels, have distracted us to stay in the wilderness way too long. Forty years was too much. The Bible says they're only supposed to be there 11 days. How about 2,000 years of Christianity still on the earth? Guys, they were rebuked at the end of the first century in the book of Revelation. That book was written like 95 AD. And Jesus is rebuking the seven churches of Asia Minor for still being on the earth. What is the deal if we're still on the earth 2,000 years later? You know what that's called? gross darkness of the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great on the believer's souls. That's why you struggle and wrestle so so much. In God's timeline, in His commandments, in His holy scriptures, we were to be living in the heavens for thousands of years already. That's why we need to redeem the times. We are very much behind and under the plans of the evil one because we don't understand the obedience or the sons of Issachar who have the anointing of the times and the seasons, the constellations and the planetary Mm -hmm. systems of the heavens, for all the heavens are for the signs and wonders of timekeeping. Amen. And the reason why the sons of God have not understood properly the times and the seasons very well in very small measures is because the way you can know what time and season it is in your life and also for those of you who are you know called to it for the body of Christ is only if you value Jesus Christ as your greatest treasure. So the more you value Christ over the natural things, even the spiritual things, Right. If you it's you first you sacrifice the natural things. Right. Because if if you cannot uh, if you cannot be faithful, even with the finances, physical finances, Jesus said, then how can I entrust you with spiritual things? So first you learn to overcome the idolatry of the natural realm. You know, the the money, the people, the stuff, whatever it is, everyone has their things they have to overcome. Then it's the spiritual things, things like destiny. Do you value God and connection, your connection to him more than your actual destiny, right? Do you value God more than actually finding your soulmate, right? Everyone will be tested in these things as they see, you know, God's going to see how much they're going to value him, value his son. And so... You may have sacrificed everything of the natural, external, visible realm and feel pretty good about your righteousness. And then here comes the spiritual gifts. So what what you find is that we haven't known in these generations very accurately the times and the seasons and what was actually going on because Jesus Christ was not valued more than the things themselves. So what you find is people get into the glory, they get into spiritual... Uh, works. They get into their ability to worship. You know, some worship leaders love their ability to worship God more than they love God who they're worshiping, right? Or uh, 
you learn spiritual warfare and you begin to learn to love yourself as a warrior more than actually caring about what God actually wants to do. And so we find that the temptation of the fallen nature is always to do the wrong thing with the good things that God gives. And so in order to reverse that nature, this is what's required. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your mind and all your strength, physical and invisible. And as you value him above all the other things, then it's given to you that uh, that ability, that Issachar gate that you go through, you'll know the times and the seasons. And first it'll be in your own life and you may start to get downloads for your tribe, you know, for the people of God and begin to speak as an oracle of the things of God. He's going to trust you with more because you care for him. The heavens are for times and seasons, Torah says, that's scripture. I have set the sun and the moon for, for time. Therefore, to know the times and seasons is to know the heavens. You'll yep. know all the heavens. You'll understand how the stars work, how the angels go through the stars to get to the earth. You will see angels ascend and descend. It is written. So you begin to be a heavenly people that understand the Father's kingdom above the sun. First mm -hmm. John chapter 5, this is one we need to memorize. There are three that are one in heaven. Three that are one in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. There are three in agreement on earth the blood, the spirit, and the water. Notice how the word and the father are not on earth. The word and the father are not on the earth. First John chapter 5, only in the heavens who have the times and the seasons that are written in the heavens. The heavens are knowing the constellations and knowing the planetary systems, knowing the sephirot. It's knowing the path of lightnings, it's knowing this right here. It's understanding this clearly. This is the anointing of the sons of Issachar who have an understanding of the heavens, which are the times and seasons. All the heavens are the timekeeping of everything under the sun. So if the heavens are kept by the righteous, the earth goes into the Father's will and the Father's timeline. If the heavens are kept by the clippeth, this is the clippeth, then the earth is under the government of the fallen angels, Esau and Ishmael, which is basically all your Freemasonry run cities, counties, states, and federal governments, and all the nations of the world right now that just need to be washed and cleansed. It'll be a spiritual washing, a spiritual cleansing, but it will be a righteous judgment from the stars and the sun and moon of the government of Israel for the full removal of this, Clippeth, which is the government of Esau that pretends to be Israel, that is a thief that only comes to steal and rob through everything you've experienced since being born into the USA. Amen. So it's a critical importance to understand why those last 2,000 years, the sons of God have not understood the times and the seasons, and there's been a lot of perishing for lack of knowledge. We talked about valuing Christ first and foremost above the things that come from him. Now, why is this so critically important for you to understand that way this generation does not make the same mistakes does not repeat the same errors does not continue around the mountain on Malkut for another thousand years which could easily happen unless somebody does something about it and that's us that's going to be what we're doing is doing something about that that's what we're doing you here. are the people yeah. you've been waiting for yes come on exactly uh, part of my journey and trying to find, I kept trying to find, maybe there's a group of people somewhere already doing it. And you know what? It's, it's not out there. Guess what, Buckwheat? You're it. Tag, you're it. <laughs> Our calling and destiny, guys, in this group of RLM TV, Red Letter Ministries, is to pioneer cosmic righteousness, to populate the heavens, to understand what it is to live in the Holy Sephirot of Jesus Christ with the angels. Luke chapter 20, Jesus Christ said the maturity of his gospel would be a people who are called the children of the resurrection that are the angel-like sons of God that live in the heavens all the time. But they still have a temple down on earth. They have holy flesh on earth. But it corresponds to their holy souls up Jacob's ladder, possessing the heavens, making new heavens. Why is there righteousness in the heavens? Because you've ascended through Jesus Christ and possessed the heavens. 
The righteousness of God in Christ is a people rising to where Christ is in the heavens, not just theologically or in doctrine saying like parrots, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, but actually as an angel being there having angelic experiences all the time. Yep. This is how you can no longer be earthbound, right? earthbound. You want to be set free to rise. This is what keeps Christians earthbound. When you look in the culture that the Clippeth has established in Christianity, subtly they've done it, but this is how it works. It's the appearance and the guise of good and even perfection, but it's Nimrod prayers attacking and murdering and stealing one another. And I went in the spirit realm and I saw this was all of Christianity does this. This isn't just like, oh, it's them over there. No, it's you. All Christianity under the sun is a thief and a robber. Truth and yeah. So when you realize that it's you are the one who's also participating in it, this is what it looks like so you can understand and cease from participating in it. It's Remember, give yourself some grace and forgiveness. You're going to have to forgive yourself as well. It is the fallen human nature default settings, right? We talked about... If we called all of humanity, you know, robots, let's say you're manufactured, God made you. So if a human made a robot, that's just what we call it, right? So imagine manufacture default settings. God made it perfect. God made it, he said it was good. He made it good. There wasn't anything wrong with it. God made, you know, things how they should be. Now, there's a virus in the computer programming of the software of the robot, which is you watching, you know that there's a defect in the coding. You know there's a problem with your code. The look at how, of sin. Just look at the way you wake up every morning and you know something's not right. <laughs> I need coffee and Jesus. Uh, it's like Lazarus coming out of the tomb every morning. <laughs> unbind him. He's, he stinketh. Like Give like him a, coffee like and a Jesus. Zombie. Some of y'all look like a zombie until the coffee hey, machine turns on. it's Resurrection Sunday every yes, morning amen. for us. Glory amen. to God. So... But, you know, you got to have a good sense of humor about it. Something's broken, right? You know when you try to do things and then there's, you know, when your mind just skips something and you're like, huh? What, there's a mind blank there? Why is our mind blank? Do you think that God has a mind blank? Do you think that, you know, his good and perfect creation that he made has all these errors? When If your computer was constantly doing what you were doing, you would be upset and you would take it... What are they? What did your What did your family used to say? Take it to the nerds. Yeah, take, take it, it to, to the, the nerd, geek squad. The geek squad over at Best Buy. You know, you would be like, I don't know. I just bought this thing. I just, you know, there's a problem. It's not working right. Make it has sure an you error. Return it within that 30 day window. Well, hallelujah, praise God. He's not returning you. <laughs> <laughs> he's You're returning not. the foreskin and membrane back into the lake of fire, fire just don't go with it you nope. don't want you want to let it be cut yeah. off of you because you're ascending to your father amen. let's go amen so anyone in any computer or robot owner in the right mind would f- would want it fixed so god has provided a solution but to preserve the integrity of free will because that's the basis of this creation who is going to obey serve and love god of the volition of their own will. And he's giving you the maximum opportunity to do that with the way things work in this dimension, right? And so how is he going? To, how are you going to fix your computer? So let's say you have your computer and you've given your computer free will. It's the AI has taken over the computer. And you said, hey, I need you to comply and come with me to the Geek Squad to be fixed. And I, then the AI said... They didn't know said, that the blue screen of death was the clippeth. Right. And it surely is. And... <laughs> And uh, imagine the computer says, no, I don't want to go. I don't like Geek Squad. I don't want to go. I don't want to go to Best Buy. I want to go to Starbucks. I can't fix you. I can't fix you at Starbucks. I need a Geek Squad. Malware. Malware, yeah. So think of the intruder of sin as the malware that has infected your software, rendering you incapable of making the right decisions to to have the right life, to we live a righteous life, but there's a solution, and God's. I like this analogy. Yeah, this is fun, isn't it? I've preached this one for years. Yeah, yeah. There's a, it's just it's not it's irritating when technology. There's a doesn't computer work. glory here right now. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I've also seen at, at times where we prayed for computers and started 
hitting all the satellites with the glory, and then the computer started gl- like glitching out. I'm getting the download. Yeah, we're getting the download. Download, upload. You can download from the cloud, upload to the cloud. As you download his word, you are physically uploaded you are going to, to be his uploaded. throne. Amen. Say, so I want to be uploaded to the throne of God. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna we have some nice links for that in the description. You can check that out later if you'd like to be uploaded to the cloud of glory. We need more processing power and memory for the job. Yeah. So here's the important thing. All that 2,000 years that we were talking about of people going around the Christian mountain, when if they were being rebuked, like Brandon said, in Revelation about not going up, just remaining on the earth. And now it's how many thousand years? How many thousands of years are we planning on making Jesus, our Lord and Savior, wait? I know he's a very patient man, but how Running long? Running down here on Windows 2000. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like the really old, it's still running like the original Macintosh program, and it's like everyone else is on AI, you know. So we don't want that to be the case. I've watched the human soul make decisions to live in different ages. The pioneers can live in the future. That's the promise of the scriptures, living in the power of the age to come. We keep living in future ages. That's what ascension world to world is. Amen. So a lot of people are choosing with their souls to live in certain timelines, certain ages. So it's got different technology. There's different spirits there. <laughs> yep. You know, even the manifestations of God during that time are very, very different. So you, there's always more. There's always upgrades. And the wisdom of the ages is what raises you up into the head of days. Think ages and days. There's a lot of time healing going on here tonight. That's why we're talking about all this stuff. And it is, it is a computer. DNA is the computer of God's programming, but his genetics is the original coding that requires circumcisions of 10 worlds. Mm -hmm. You'll need to reprogram your mind to agree with the word of God and not just to agree in your mind, but to be crucified in your mind, right? Jesus Christ. So if you're going to be living the life of him, and there's a hard reboot at the top Mm -hmm. of the seventh world of absolute Mm -hmm. where it'll feel like a railroad spike coming out Mm -hmm. of the back of your brainstem. That is called Calvary. That is where Jesus Christ was crucified since before the beginning of time, before he came in the flesh and is crucified in the flesh. The the Sephra of the seventh world is the cross, the cosmic cross. Yeah, there's a, it's a major upgrade. So we need faith to cling to the pioneers of righteousness, the Daniel 12.3 company called the Zadokim, the Zadik. We're the Zadokim of Jesus Christ, but we are anointed Zadik of this generation. By you listening to our righteous teaching, it allows you to understand worlds higher than you, which paints the picture for you to ascend to God. You cannot ascend apart from those who ascended ahead of you. If you do that, you just go right into the enemy where there's only dishonor and killing, stealing, and destroying. It's an enemy. The enemy's kingdom is pure dishonor and stealing from one another. But in the kingdom of heaven, you have to honor, appreciate, and receive the teachings of those who have ascended higher than you. That culture doesn't exist in Christianity down here on the earth. It's everyone at each other's throat judging, everyone fighting the Zadik. They don't even honor righteousness. They don't honor anyone. It's like, here's what I know. Let me attack you with my knowledge. Right. Reason, logic and reason without the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost isn't saying it, but you know about it, you're speaking from the clippeth 100% of the time, which is knowledge from your experience, your wisdom from your own experience. And also that word is uh, sexual knowledge. We'll go into the Greek or the Hebrew it's if we have time. intimate with demons. You're yep. actually speaking out of the intimacy with religious spirits, right. putting others down. Mm-hmm. And building yourself up at their expense. Remember, the whore of Babylon or Jezebel is drunk on the blood of the saints. So that means there is a stealing from someone to put yourself up. The holy sapphire stone path is all based on God's goodness, but it's his righteousness and it requires us being exactly transformed into his likeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I want to reinforce what Brandon said about all of. Christianity being at each other's throats. You might say, not my church. We're nice. Not my group of people. Show your pastor Joel's bar and watch him weep and gnash his teeth. Right. So I went into the spiritual realm with the Holy Spirit and he showed me 
all of the arena and the entire world of all Christianity, everything from outer court Christianity, Roman Catholicism, to glory stream, to drunken glory, to everything in between Pentecostalism, and all it was was an arena of war of Christians versus Christians, and then even people who weren't Christian versus Christians. It was an all-out melee. And the reason why the Christians were not a force to be reckoned with was because they were just as busy killing each other and attacking each other, strangling and strangleholding, strong-arming each other as they were doing anything else. So the entire war was between Christians. And so Christianity no one is a was gladiator coliseum. I mean, it's it's a gladiator it blood is. sport. I mean, if you've been around the church mm-hmm. for any time, you know that there is continuous envy and strife. Here's the issue. Solomon's wisdom, everything under the sun is vanity. Everything. All Christianity under the sun is vanity, vanity, chasing after the Ruach, the wind, chasing after the Holy Spirit. What are you guys doing? God the Father says, take Jacob's stairway. This is the very stairway to heaven. Jesus Christ said, I am the stairway between heaven and earth. Messiah Jesus Christ is our access above the sun, so we're not in the vanity of false Christianity under the sun. That is the answer. It's the narrow way. Amen. When the Lord showed me that, I looked around and it was horrifying. And I said, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't want any part in this. I don't even want to participate because it's pointless. It doesn't do anything. Isn't there any? This is the whole world, though. Where else can I go? And so he led me to the door to escape that entire realm. So listen to me carefully. If you want to escape the bloodbath of Christian friendly fire violence and to come out of that entire arena you want to get away from that this is where you go he showed it to me the door that exits that realm to go to another realm you're traveling realms i'll show you what it looks like outside of that realm outside of that door led by the holy ghost he knows where it is there is a large oak tree the oak of righteousness it's a beautiful tree It is the tree of life. It's an olive tree. It's an oak tree. It's an olive tree. It's the tree of Jesus Christ. Him as a spirit. I see all men as trees, he said. Jesus Christ, the man Jesus Christ, is a tree. Right? That represents the spirit. In a spiritual realm, he is the tree of life. So when you go just past that, you pass in between that realm. There's a realm in between realms. And that's the doorway. He is the door. And when you come to the door, there you need a key. There are two keys that work. There are only two kinds of keys that work on that door. One is called righteousness and purity. The other key is called the shepherd's key. Right? It's the shepherd's key. It's good to have both, but you just need essentially one. In this day and age, it has to be righteousness and purity. The reason why he would allow people to come into the entry level, like with Bob Jones, he had a shepherd's key, right? So if you had the shepherd's key, like Rick Joyner has a shepherd's key. So God has allowed them to go into that first level to look and go and see some of these visions so that they can shepherd the people. But what's happening in this day and age of righteousness, for you to actually ascend and not just go in and look at it, uh, you have to have righteousness and purity at that angelic level and continue growing in that. So when you go in there, you have to have purity and righteousness. And that is where you see the vision of the three pillars, which if you want to look at that, we have a depiction of that in our masterclass. You can uh, take that in the description. There are links for that. You can take the class and learn righteousness and become one of those Zadokim and change your life and get away from that realm of the enemy's contortion of Christianity. Now, this all comes back to exactly what Brandon was saying about all of Christianity fighting and being delayed for about 2,000 years of not rising. It's because they've been busy, like the Holy Spirit showed me in that whole realm, fighting one another. Why are they fighting one another? Because you see and you want what someone else has, or you may have had a promise from God that that's for you. Then you see someone else getting 
what looks like is for you, but instead of you meriting through righteousness, receiving it, you kill and you steal through Nimrod prayers in self-righteousness, thinking that you're doing God's will. So you have to repent. The issue with that is that when you do that, when you steal virtue, when you steal, it's not really a virtue anymore, but it looks like one. Right. Mm -hmm. Spiritual abilities, gifts. We made decrees today. All that is coming back to whoever it was stolen from. So that is being enforced and decreed from the realms of the sapphire stones. So it's a great time to get into righteousness. So things will be There's not going to be goats allowed at the feast table of the lamb. You have to be wearing the wedding clothes, which means you have to have the circumcisions. You have to have merited the rewards of Revelation 22. Jesus Christ, red letters, I'm coming to give each one their rewards according to their merit. You have so much unmerited grace nonsense in Christianity that we forgot Revelation 22 that says all the rewards of Jesus Christ are only according to merit. You get salvation by unmerited grace. Now you earn reward or rank in the angel armies according to merit, which means the very exact likeness in your works and your words and your deeds What's the white garments? The righteous acts of the saints. It is written in the book of Revelation. We need to merit the rewards of righteousness. The whole heavenly Jerusalem is built through merit. Through the, through the works of righteousness, the works of the grandeur of holiness and the splendor of the great I Am, we will go up and build the Father's kingdom in the second heavens, in the mid-heavens, making new heavens. You don't need a new third heaven. It's already perfect. You need a new second heaven. The Bible says that will be remodeled and rebuilt by those who have merited the rewards of the Lamb of God in Revelation 22. One of your main enemies is all this unmerited grace insanity that you think is real good teaching Christianity, but it's an abomination and keeps everyone from actual righteousness, which is earning the the higher angelic ranks according to Jacob's ladder. Truth anyhow. Right. The purpose of unmerited grace, favor that comes down from above is to give you the grace to rise so when you receive that grace you have the choice again free will that god has given you to either abuse that grace or what it's properly supposed to be used for using it to rise grace to rise anytime you hear the apostle preaching grace for rising grace to rise that means unmerited grace favor that comes down you need it but don't abuse it by stealing killing and destroying in self-righteousness saying Hey, that's mine. You see somebody getting blessed. You know, we had some words about getting, you know, a Lamborghini. We had words about, you know, getting what it could be an external thing. Maybe it's your destiny. Hey, that's supposed to be mine. Maybe God comes along with a big gemstone in the spiritual realm for somebody else. And you're like, oh, hey, that's supposed that was supposed to be mine. Or you see, you know, them getting the different things. And then you start praying and praying, 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 praying. Guess what? You're in the realm of Nimrod prayers. Now, I've noticed this can exist whether you're walking in righteousness or not. And so what's temptation going to happen? Temptation knocks at the door. So as you rise, that's the temptation is to become uh, a Nimrod and step. Because remember, no matter what height you're in, Nimrod means you to, can step outside to kill and of it. steal while pretending to be praying. Right. So for those of you who are going to get into righteousness, count the cost of war as you're deciding, you know, I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. I will overcome I will shadows. I will seek and his right arm, which is the crucified life, the crucified eternal life of the Lamb of God. When you seek the Father's right arm, which is his eternal life. That's in Proverbs 3.16. In my left arm are riches and glory. On my right arm is eternal life, long life. That long life is the crucified life of the Lamb of God. If you seek the right arm, the left arm gets added unto you. Seek first the right arm of the Father so that the left arm can be added unto you. That is what we're dealing with because the wicked, the goat, the foolish, the false brethren, those at the feast table that say, well, I believe in Jesus too. Serve me, serve me, serve me. And they're just nothing but goats and uncircumcised Philistines. They have no circumcisions. They don't have the attitude of the will of God at all in them. They will be obliterated because they only want the left arm of God. The right arm is the complete and total crucified life of Jesus Christ. Those who seek the right arm 
get the left arm, and those who have only possessed the left arm will be giving it up to the right arm people in Jesus' name. So it's a great time to repent. Now, keep in mind, those of you who are learning righteousness, it is only at your repentance of these things that you are struggling to see within yourself. You might hear this and think, that's not me. It is. Especially you, Buckwheat, you're learning righteousness. It's your repentance at that higher level. It's the repentance of those who it's harder to see that problem in that causes the judgment to flow out to those people outside of the gates, right? So you might look out there and say, they stole from me. Those people out there, we're not really talking about those people out there. The thing that brings judgment on those people out there is you people in here repenting because it's easy to see the people way far away from the throne of God and their sins. with them inside the right. sheep gate to rise in the shepherd's path. So if you're comparing your level of Nimrod uh, witchcraft prayers that you've done, it might be small compared to the people out there who did serious harm to the kingdom and who are like, you know, the serial killers out there for the clippeth. You might have, oh, mine's so tiny. Theirs is so big. But when you compare yourself to Christ, whoa, okay, that's a lot of sin. So it's time to repent. Now, if you struggle with clarity of mind, you have a lot of chaos thoughts, confusion, like it's buzzing around, Chances are you have stolen goods. Uh, the angels were sent out today to take back everything that was stolen. If they're showing up to you, gladly give back whatever you stole with witchcraft prayers. You don't have a choice today, but it's a merit to you if you're cheerfully giving back what you stole in the invisible realm. Because, to build the Father's kingdom. Yep. This is the Father's mm-hmm. world, not mm-hmm. yours. Yep, because you are going to have an increase in clarity of mind. Here's why. It is impossible to have stolen goods in the invisible or the natural realm and still have a clear mind, clarity of mind, clarity of thought. So some of you might notice your thoughts and your mind clearing. Now, don't lament. If that spiritual ability is suddenly gone because, you know, you... stole it you swiped it from somebody and murdered someone in their spirit or the way people treat you uh you know you may have stolen favor or stolen honor and now guess what that's no longer yours you may have stolen all kinds of different attributes by putting people down with your words and saying no that's me you know i'm that kind of person i'm the the, da 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 and guess what it's not yours. It's gone now. The, the kingdom age, you cannot have those things anymore. Even if you're going to have them through merit of righteousness later on, you cannot have them now. It's not up to you. In this day and age, no amount of witchcraft prayer is going to get it back. It's done. It's been sealed That's and right. decreed from the ninth world of righteousness. The powers mm-hmm. are broken forever. Yep. And so if you are wise, you understand it's a good thing and you gladly give up anything that you've stolen because it's a merit to you because you're telling the Lord, you know what? I care for my first love. I care for you, Jesus, more than anything I might have taken. Maybe, you know, please forgive me. I didn't understand. Uh, I didn't fully understand what I was doing. And I just want your ways. That is a way that you can love the Lord. So you'll have more peace, clarity of mind and thought. And guess what? Listen to this. You might want to write these truths down. When you give back to the kingdom of heaven what was stolen, what you stole, you're making room for the gifts that God wants to give to you. And it's not possible for you to have peace and have stolen goods. Well, it reminds me of Zacchaeus that was up in the tree watching Messiah. And Jesus calls to him, come down. I want to eat at your house tonight. And they they grumbled, do they know what kind of person he is? And immediately the tax collector went and gave back everything he had stolen and received salvation. What did Jesus Christ say? Salvation came to the thief's house today. His record of wrongdoing is cleared. His sins are forgiven. Woo-wee! Amen. And I wanted to mention this quickly from the wisdom of Ben Sarah. It runs over like the Jordan at harvest time. Uh, The number one most historically stolen thing from the apostleship is harvest time. When things went wrong in Israel's history over time, what was one of the major consequences? Loss of harvest, right? We don't want to have any idols in anyone in the whole camp's tent, right? Any idols in anyone's tent in 
our company those got to go today all right so it's time to learn how to fight for the harvest time of the celestial jordan so like bina elohim above it runs over like the euphrates with understanding and the jordan at harvest time understanding elohim above at the mention of elohim 13 words to surround the people of god to protect the bride of christ are released through 13 rivers of balsam of Gilead, of the tree of life, through 13 engraved spears, 13 dimensions. It runs over like the Euphrates with understanding from Bina and like the Jordan at harvest time. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. Psalm 23. My cup runneth over and it runs over like Bina above and like the Jordan at harvest time. My cup, the blessing of the cup of salvation written about in Psalms 116.13. I raise the cup of salvation. Psalm 116.13. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will take the cup of salvation and worship the Lord. Learn to drink the correct cup, the cup of salvation, to forsake all other cups and take up the cup of salvation, the wine offering. What do I return to Yadhe Vave? All his benefits are on me. I lift up the cup of salvation, and in the name of Yadhe Vave, I will call. I call. Let me complete my vows. Mm. Let me complete my vows to Yadhe Vave now before all his people. It's the power of drinking only from the right cup, and the rose is his cup. Between the second and third mentions of Elohim in the book of Genesis are five words, which point to the five leaves. The five sephirah has said, Gevra, the sun and the moon is one, Netzach and Hod. Those five words in between the second and third Elohim, let there be light, and there was light, and saw, and in the Hebrew those are five words. And the sixth is Elohim. His said, Gevra, the sun and the moon is one, Netzach and Had, five strong leaves surrounding the rose. To protect her from the thorns of the demonic tree, you are the cup. The cup above always corresponds to the cup above. The cup below and the cup above. As you rise in sanctification and you choose consistently to drink only the cup of the new covenant in the blood of Jesus. Your cup runs over with purity. The bride and the groom at a wedding both have a cup. They drink deeply of each other's love. The whore of Babylon is drunk on the blood of the saints, the cup of harlotry with demons. So what is the cup of the new covenant in the blood of Jesus? He is that red rose of Sharon blooming with his blood, that color, that red of his blood, the judgment that he brought upon the wicked, or drinking his cup of his love, his judgments, which are good. Amen. And no other cup, a renewal of your Nazarite vow. Renew your marriage vows with Jesus today. No other cup but the cup of the blood of Jesus, his purity, running over, overflowing, like the Jordan at harvest time, like the river flowing out of Bina, 13 rivers of balsam, healing for your inner man, for your souls, and for your body, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel the Holy Spirit saying to tell you, lay hands on your heart, the heart is the root of all idolatry of ten worlds. And so we say, Lord Jesus, and let everyone that's watching and listening, we say, Lord Jesus, remove all idolatry from my heart and remove from the eyes all immorality from my eyes. The eyes are the root of all immorality. The heart, the flesh, the, the physical heart in your chest is the root of all idolatry in the world. So Jesus will cleanse your hearts from idolatry and your eyes from immorality. Revelation says that all the wrath of God is poured out because of immorality and idolatry. So we need to be cleansed in our eyes and cleansed in our heart from immorality and idolatry. Then the wrath of the Lamb is pure glory to us 
and all the judgment has passed and turned into loving kindness in the Garden of Eden and walking with our Father in the coolness of the day forever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Bless you guys. I pray for spiritual surgery tonight to help your hearts and your eyes really disconnect from Lilith and the Clippeth below so that your feet, Malkut, can rise above in the rungs of Jacob's ladder to begin to experience a greater promised land that's being prepared for all of you that receive the circumcisions and obey the teachings of righteousness from your Zadik, the apostles at Red Letter Ministries. We're raising support to buy a permanent broadcasting facility in Florida, USA. Bring an offering for it. We're building the house of the Father in the heavens to broadcast righteousness that's never been done before over the USA and over all the nations for the great harvest of the end times. You can click the links in the description. Listen to my offering. I wrote a speech for you guys. I think it's really amazing. I hope you like it. Have a listen, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today, we embark on a journey of purpose and passion, a journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.